We Will Not Be Tamed, a Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation podcast that encourages all Texans to get involved in conserving the wild things and wild places of our state. I'm Lydia Saldana with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, and we're out here on the porch at Powderhorn Ranch uh, for a weekend of mentored hunting with stewards of the wild. We've got Alfonso Graham with us, uh, Tanner Canese, and Matt Hughes with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Matt, let's start with you. Set the stage. What are we doing out here this weekend? Uh, so we are participating in a mentored hunt program. It was started in 2018. We did a pilot test out here at actually Powderhorn Ranch in partnership with Texas Wildlife Association. Uh, we had uh, six six people come out here and you know hunt for the first time. That are all uh, that are all um, adult onset hunters. Um, so pretty one. Adu are, adult onset hunters. Yes, it sounds so. like a disease. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, actually. yeah. Um, I mean, it's basically people who are you know post college, you know, not really older adults. Um, but people who have just discretionary time and discretionary income, and we want to encourage them to participate in hunting. People who are interested in hunting, we bring them out and we teach. We we spend a whole weekend out here. We come out Friday and then we we stay till Sunday and we teach them how to. We do go on the range, we shoot, we teach them how to harvest an animal, teach them how to break that animal down, and uh, in most cases we try and cook some aspects of that animal and uh, teach them the whole aspect of everything, as, as well as the conservation principles of hunting and why hunting is, is important to Texas and conservation from a financial standpoint, as well as wildlife management perspectives. And, um, you know, we, we've been doing that for, this is our third year. So last year, which is our, our second year in doing it, uh, we had five hunts. We ushered about 30 people through the mentor hunting program. This year, we, this is our uh, second hunt of the 2020-2021 season. Um, and this year, we will usher about 60 hunters through the program with over eight, uh, nine, ten hunts. Um, largely in, in because of the support that we have um, from various organizations like Cedar Clayburg Wildlife Research Institute, Houston Safari Club, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, um, without those people helping us. and and being part of this, like we, we, we couldn't do this, but uh, it's, it's really important for the state of Texas, it's really important for the country. Um, there's a big initiative that goes on across the nation, it's called R3. It's, uh, it stands for Recruit, Retain, and Recapture. So the, the, the goal with R3 is to recruit new hunters, is to retain hunters who are already, sorry, let me step back, the recruiting is, you know, people have never hunted. So this program is designed for people who have never hunted or inexperienced and giving them the tools, um, both physical and mental and dialogue, right, to, to be part of that conversation. And then we want to retain current hunters, you know, so we want to make sure that people, and then Stewards does a great job of that, but we want to retain those hunters and let them go on different types of hunts. So Stewards offers dove hunts and duck hunts to to get them involved with different types of hunting, and then we want to re, uh, reactivate. Reactivate, yes. Sorry, reactivate. So people who maybe grew up hunting when they were kids, but you know went to college or took some time off from hunting, and we want to get them back involved. Kind of like myself, right? I grew up hunting on, on my ranch, and then I spent about ten years out of state, and then came back, got a job with Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, got re re reintroduced into hunting through this job, and now I'm taking other people out hunting so that's kind of what this mentor hunting program is all about um, and we're yeah you know Matt I've been, uh, you know hearing you talk about it and you know reading the emails and the reports and seeing the reports to the board this is the first experience I've had to actually be out here for one of these and one of my observations is that the linchpin are the mentors 
that the linchpin to this whole deal are the folks that are mentoring and are helping that. So let me start with that, Tanner, because I understand that, Tanner, you've been involved from the beginning on this, is that right? Yeah, um, so I got involved with Stewards a few years ago and you know, living in Austin, it's not much of a, a hunting community there. And so when I found Stewards, I thought, hey man, this is great. You know, these, they're, they're not just hunting minded or fishing minded, they're just outdoors minded people and they care about conservation. And so I thought, hey, this is great. You know, I kept getting into it, you know, going to more stuff. And then I ran into Matt and Matt was like, hey, and we had some mutual friends um, from growing up. And, you know, I grew up in the Hill Country in Kerrville. And, um, and I was like, hey, you know, he said, hey, well, I think we're going to do this mentored hunting program. I'm going to pitch it to, you know, um, my leadership. And, and I said, hey, you know, I grew up hunting and I know there's a lot of barriers to entry to that. And, and so I'm kind of at that age where I'm like, you know, it's time to give back. And, and I know hunting's not an easy thing to get into. So if there's any way I can help you, let me know. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be in contact. You know, I'll let you know if this thing flies. And it did, and it took off. And, and so last year was my first year to go, and, and I went on, um, I think it was three hunts, um, venturing, and it's been super rewarding, you know, and um, yeah, I just, just love being out here. But I mean, and, and Tanner, you know, he, this is his fifth hunt with the stewards program, but you know, we work with Texas Wildlife Association. He got his hunt master certification through Texas Wildlife Association, the Texas Youth Hunting Program. To participate in this, we like to make sure that our mentors are qualified, certified, and, and, and professional. And you know, Tanner didn't get a chance to do his own horn, but he guided for the Y.O. Ranch, and you know, he's a very experienced mentor and guide. And that's the kind of people that we're trying to recruit to, to mentor on yep. these programs. Yep. And I, I mean, I, you know. So shot. you said, you, give me a little more back of your backstory. So you mm -hmm. grew up where? I grew up in Kerrville. Um, you know, from a, a very hunting, uh, fishing-minded. Um, family, you know, just, you know, hill country Germans, you know, that was part of the culture. Um, you know, you shoot the deer, you make the sausage and the jerky and, and, and you go hunting every weekend. It's just what you do. So I thought everyone grew up that way. And, and then moving, you know, to Austin and going to college, I thought, wow, you know, not everyone did this. Um, and, and it's not an easy thing to get into. And so if I could share that with someone, that'd be a great opportunity. And then, you know, you know, you life are. happens and <laughs> Matt comes along and says, do you want to do this? I'm like, absolutely. And yeah, uh, you know, I've worked on some, uh, you know, paid hunting guide on, on lots of big ranches in Texas. And, 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 you know, my dad likes to say, I, you know, I took you hunting when I was 15 days old, you know, we were in the back seat, but I mean, every weekend of hunting season, it was, we're going hunting and that's what you do. I mean, these guys, I mean, Tanner and Justin in particular, who you'll, you'll, if you're listening to all these, you'll probably hear about Justin too. These two in particular have stepped up at every single hunt without question about, you know, when it is or where it is. They're just like, yeah, we want to give back. We want to help people get out. And that's that's impactful to the program. Like, as you mentioned, Lydia, I mean, it's super impactful that we have people like that coming out and doing this. Yeah. And uh, we, we just recorded another uh, podcast with Al Alfonso. And one of the things you commented on, Alfonso, was just how the safe environment that you felt like in there. And I and I, thought, I I was intrigued by that comment, and we'll get into that. But let me get a little backstory on you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Alfonso. Your childhood, how you got here, and what brought you into wanting to get involved in the stewards and in, in this program. So um, I'm uh, I was born in Jamaica. Um, I moved from Jamaica when I was about three years old to New York City, uh, Flatbush, uh, Brooklyn, then moved to Bedford-Stuyvesant. 
Um, when I was about 15 years old, I, uh, my parents were separated. I moved with my mother who lived in Philadelphia. I finished up high school. Uh, and then in 98, I joined the military. Um, I was stationed in Fort Hood for four years. Uh, after I got out of the military, I really liked uh, Texas. I would go to Austin on the weekends, um, come out to 6th Street to go hang out. You know what I mean? It was like young, 21. It was like, it was amazing. And I fell in love with the culture uh, down here. The people like really friendly, really engaging. Uh, I was telling the story how I was in HEB one time and you know, some older gentleman was like, hey, good morning, young man, how you doing? And it was weird for someone to just walk up and say, hey, how you doing? I, that doesn't happen in a city like that. <laughs> it's like, what's so, the matter? <laughs> exactly, it's like, hey, you know. Um, so it was, it was really nice. Um, I, I learned to shoot while I was in the military and then I spent most of my time uh, shooting. I owned you know, a decent amount of firearms, but it got to the point where I became a collector uh, and I wanted to get more into hunting. Uh, I got introduced to hunting by uh, a friend of mine he was actually a roommate. He had some property out in Bastrop. He'd take us out there. We'd go camping for the weekends. And I would go camping in the military, um, but it's not really camping. You have to maintain noise and light discipline. You're not allowed to, you know, really talk at night. It's real tactical. Um, it's it's not fun, to say the least. You have to pull. We would fail here. Yeah. 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 You, you have to, like, pull fire watch. You know, that fire out there is not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're walking around in the dark. Much you know, less the dice sweat. in the other room, yeah. right? Exactly. Um, but... I, I like the outdoors. I was like, man, this is this is awesome, you know, sleeping outside, um, you know, uh, looking up and just actually being able to see the stars. There's no light pollution like I discussed before. Um, so we would go out to a friend's ranch. Um, uh, it was about 370 acres. We'd go out there, you know, walking around, you know, shooting in the pond, you know. Um, and uh, we... We would see wild game out there. We never really like, you know, what are we going to do with it? You know what I mean? It was like, I'm not gonna shoot a deer. I'm not, I'm not eating a deer. That's not something we do, you know? So um, fast forward a couple years, um, I uh, got an opportunity to go dove hunting and really liked it. Uh, it was like farm to table. You go out, you hunt in the morning, you get to like prep your own food, eat it that day. It was the best thing ever. Um, the issue that I had was the, my roommate was white. Um, he took me out hunting. I didn't have a problem with that, but the other guy that took me dove hunting, he was white. I don't have a problem with They were all good friends of mine. I just don't have any African-American friends that hunted. It's like, I'm not sleeping outside. Uh, I'm not eating it. Oh, I heard deer's gamey. And, you know, it just got to the point where it was really hard for me to kind of do the things I enjoyed with all of my friends. Um, so this program offers an opportunity uh, to get more people involved in hunting. And I'd like to see more minorities get involved. Um, David, who uh, got me in the program, and I'll be honest, I honestly thought it was really just going to be like free deer hunt. You can you know talk about David Butler. David Butler. Okay. David Butler, who uh, got in contact with Matt, um, who uh, gave us gave us an opportunity to come out here and experience this, and um, it was surreal. The wealth of knowledge uh, with the people involved in the program is astounding. I mean. We were out last night, you know, kind of hanging out by the fire. And it's not as if we were just talking about, you know, like, you know, Dallas is losing season. 
they were talking about the differences in the environment between like, you know, there being like the ocean out there and then the woods back there, the different type of animals out here. It was like, it was amazing. And then everyone else who participated in the program, the other mentors, the wealth of knowledge that they brought. I mean, I learned so much here. A little something simple like, you know, the firearms that I purchased go toward, you know, the state of Texas, not just, you know, random taxes. And you know, it's like, I had no idea that was the thing. So it's an honest effort that they're putting forward to go ahead and um, get people involved in hunting and bring conservation uh, to everyone's attention. You know, so um, I would recommend if anyone has the ability or wants a little bit more information to go ahead and look into the Stewards of the Wild program. I myself would love to be involved in this program. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean it, it, you know, it's very, when we pick our, our mentees, it's, it's, it's very intentional. That's um, the other thing I wanted to yeah. bring up, the, um, time, the time that was spent in you matching up the mentors and the mentees, it, it wasn't at all by accident. You know, I was worried, oh, I'm just going to be uh, put with some random guy, and it was like uh, homework. You know, I mean, you yeah. did your homework. Yeah. You did your homework. Right? Well, I mean, it, like, for me, it, uh, you, know, <laughs> getting, um, you know, getting underrepresented groups in the outdoors is very important to me. And it was very intentional reaching mm -hmm. out to Outdoor Afro and, and, and you guys and David Butler. And, um, I, you know, I, I want to see you come back out. Yeah. You know, your brother is going to come back out for the all-veterans hunt yes. we have in January. Um, and, I, I, you know, I want, I want to see you participate and get involved, uh, you know, because I want to see more and more. I mean, right now, you know, on this hunt in particular, you know, all of our mentors are all, all white. You know, we, got, we, have, we have one female, and we have more females that participate in the, as a mentors, but... I like to see my, more minorities participate and help out because the best way for us to get others, underrepresented groups involved is for them to see people like themselves in the outdoors. So I would love for you and your brother and anybody else who's had a great experience come out and, and get the TOA, you know, go with Texas Wildlife Association, get your youth hunting certificate, the, the hunt master certification like Tanner did and, you know, come back out and help us out. Like, I, I think that it would just be great for the hunting community, for stewards of the wild, for, for everybody. So, Tan, I want to ask you as a mentor, you know, when you, you met, you, got, you guys met for the first time this weekend? Yep. Okay. So when, you, when you're out there, I mean, do you have a, what are you trying to get across? What, how do you, I guess, what's your approach to mentoring? Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's kind of reading it's a, it's a little bit of reading the mentee and saying, you know, thinking, okay, well, you know, what, what what is this guy interested in? And what is he, you know, is he more interested in, like, the pursuit of the animal? And, and or is he more interested in just kind of being out in nature and enjoying it and all that? And and, and I think in what we just talked about with Matt is, is matching people up to the right kind of personality. And, and um, you know, some other mentors that are kind of, to sit here and enjoy the peace and quiet and listen to the birds and if we see a deer we'll shoot the deer and Matt's like no 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 if Tanner's all about there's the deer you know let's get down and stalk them and, and put on a good stalk and, and really more, more of an aggressive more of a proactive kind of approach and so you know Matt's always done a very good job of kind of matching that type of personality up to the personalities which is, which is pretty cool and, 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 and it's not something you would think about but like it's worked really well you know because if you're going to spend two days in a, in, in a very intimate setting with someone in nature, you know, just one-on-one, -on -one, I mean, you, it's a good thing to, to see eye-to-eye -eye on things. It was, it was a, a, a mm -hmm. seamless experience, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got to talking about my rifle, my shooting mm -hmm. experience, and then he was like, hey, man, we're not going to waste time, you know. 
you know, zero in your rifle. I'm pretty confident in what you can do. And then we just kind of just got to yeah. talking after that. There, so yeah. it was really seamless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like to match Tanner mm -hmm. up in particular. With Tanner is an, an aggressive hunter, which I like. And we need a good balance of different mm -hmm. types of mentors on this hunt. And I try to match personalities up with that. You know, and mm -hmm. like, I like to match people up. I did, I did a little bit of research, you know. <laughs> Stock is more like yeah. stalking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and Alfonso. I mean, I I knew he had some hunting experience. I knew he was he he liked guns, and I, I knew he was comfortable around firearms. I knew that he. I think he was ready to take that step as far as a, a more aggressive hunting approach. And I, I knew Tanner was the kind of guy that was going to get his get his hands dirty, for lack of better words. And I th I felt like you were ready to be partnered with Tanner. I mean, you know, Tanner's one of my my great mentors, and I, I love Tanner being out here. And I want to put him with someone who's ready to be aggressive about about the experience. You know, and that, I mean that's what happened today. So. so you know, one of one of the things you know, we, we part of my my thing that I do is tell stories. Right, I, I try to tell the stories of conservation, the story of people involved in conservation, and. I'm actually, one of the things I'm working on this weekend is an article for the Houston Safari Club. And so we had to pick two people to focus on because there's a lot of people here. And I kind of talked to Matt and we decided, okay, we're going to focus on Alfonso and, and Tanner. And then Jonathan happened to hop in the truck, Jonathan Vale, the photographer. Of course, for a magazine article, you need good photographs, right? He does, he does great photography. So, yeah. so Jonathan said, well, I better go out with them when they go on this, on this particular afternoon jaunt. And it turned out to be a successful hunt. So in about tell me, ten minutes, right? In about <laughs> ten minutes, yeah. 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 And so um, why don't you each tell me from your perspective about that part of the experience? Do you want to go first? Or well, well um I understand, um, you know, I've, I've fished before. Um, there's a lot of patience that's uh, involved when you go out hunting. Um, you know, every time you go out, you're not going to go ahead and harvest uh, an animal. Um, so I always come in uh, to a setting with that uh, understanding. So when I went out early this morning and we didn't see any game that we could harvest, um, I wasn't at all uh, upset. It was like, hey, I got to go out this morning. I got to catch up on some sleep, <laughs> unfortunately, in the blind. Um, uh, we won't bring that back up. No, that's a professional it's move. It's too late. You, gotta, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. brought it up. Yeah. yeah if, 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 that was a yeah. professional yeah. move. Yeah. yeah, it's a professional move. You've never slept in a deer blind, and you haven't hunted long enough. <laughs> so. But um, just, uh, you know, uh, Matt coming out, and uh, his goal was to make sure, you know, we harvested something ethically, you know. So we went out, uh, and we're out in a four-wheeler, and, uh, you know, we see three sandbar, and it's like, stop and before I know it I'm like I'm already outside of the vehicle um, uh, Tanner's got the stick up hey uh, get ready and um, take the one in the center and by that point by the time I steadied my rifle they had already taken off and Matt wasn't at all you know um, uh, uh, shaken uh, we got back inside the vehicle bent one corner and there's this uh, sandbar there and I got out and it was probably like a 70 yard shot you know what I mean uh, and it was a nice clean kill you know uh, put it right on the shoulder and uh, Tanner and I had discussed the rifle that I was using whether or not it was um, sufficient enough uh, for a one-shot kill so I was actually surprised I've never taken any um, game with the 6.5 Creedmoor so after our discussion I was a little bit apprehensive and I didn't want to ruin any meat by shooting it in a spot that you normally wouldn't take an animal um, but you know the shot hit uh, it didn't travel far at all and we got to take some really awesome pictures and the experience itself I mean um, 
Tanner had to stop me because I was running up towards the sandbar. Yeah, Dave's like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. slow down. We want to make sure it's down. Uh, so just walk up there, get your breath. You know what I mean? Um, go ahead and load another round. Make sure everything's safe just in case you have to put another one in it. So I calmed down, caught my breath, and then we walked up to it. And sure enough, it had dropped. I made a nice blood trail. So even if it would have traveled far, it wouldn't have been difficult to track. But the effort that they put into taking these, like, photos, it was it was. I mean, it looked like a professional photo shoot. You know? No, we can't have it I think it, there. it was. Yes, yes. I'm pretty I mean, sure yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. John is considered a professional now. So. <laughs> but, but, I mean, when you go out and you you see some of these pictures, they look doctored. They don't look, um, you know, natural at all. But it was like, no, we need to get that vehicle out of the background, move that grass out of the way, turn him across the leg. So it was, it was an awesome experience. And to see that everyone gets their hands dirty and gets involved like that, all for the enjoyment of just some guy that they just met over the weekend. It's 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 a humbling experience for me. All right, Tanner, your take. Yeah, so my take, you know, um, we, and, and, and I've hunted my whole life, and, and it's kind of weird, uh, this property, it's, it's, and it's such a unique ecosystem. Generally, as soon as the sun comes up, the animals are everywhere, and then they leave, and you don't see them. And then here's a little bit opposite. You, the sun comes up, and there's nothing anywhere. And then as soon as you start giving up, then they show up everywhere. And so we kind of came back to camp and regrouped and, and had some breakfast and it was good. We're like, all right, well, let's just head back out, you know, and we'll see. And so we were driving around, driving around. About the time you think that, just like anything, like fishing, about the time you stop paying attention, you come around a corner and they're, they're right there. And so we're like, oh man, okay, they're right there. Okay, here's the sticks, like get the one in the middle, you know, and, and they walked, you know, out of the opening and, and Matt was like, let's go. You know, there's another opening up there. They're probably standing in it. So we cruised up there, sure enough. We cruised up there, we're standing, they're standing in it. Shoot him. And uh, yeah, back the, the conversation we had with the 6.5 Creedmoor, you know, I've seen Sandbar um, shot with bigger caliber rifles out here. And, and I mean, they're tough animals. And so when he shot it and we saw it fall, I was like, oh, thank God, you know. Um, you know, you, you did a, a good shot, and it was quick, and it was rushed, and and um, but that's when, you know, we're happy that you know you're an experienced shooter, you know, and and um, it was kind of funny, you know, kind of when you go hunting, you know, there's there's a lot of nuance, like a lot of little details that could make like all the difference in the world between you know taking an animal or not, and and so you know when you when you shoot an animal and you want to give it a little time. You know, and, and Ezekiel's excited, he's pumped, he's, you know, he made this great shot and we're pretty sure it's down, but it's like, give it a minute, you know, but I, I, I kind of grabbed him on the back of the shirt, I was like, slow down, slow down, slow down, you know, okay, you know, uh, you know, um, let's give him a minute before we go up there and, you know, okay, you know, is your gun loaded, you know, put another one in there in case he jumps up kind of thing. And the fact that he remained that calm amidst all this just shows the level of uh, professionalism and... Um, I've been out with people hunting before and like, you know, uh, not necessarily a guy, but the person who's like out with them, you know, hunting with them, they're just as rattled as the shooter is. And it's like a really unnerving experience. Like, hey, you know, somebody needs to maintain some level of, you know, like uh, decorum here. And he was that professional today. Yeah. You know, I mean, Matt yeah. the same way, you know, he didn't drive up there with the vehicle. You know what I mean? Because um, it's easy to get excited. Yes, I mean, it's, it it's fun and it's tense and it's quick moving situation. That's, that's, and that's a the uh, level of safety I was discussing. Uh, I, I went out on a hunt one time and uh, it was me doing it. And I had a guy in the back of the truck and there's a 
sound of hawks, uh, you know, walking up and not thinking, I jump out of the truck and walked right in the line of fire. Thank God, you know, it was my brother. He didn't take a shot, but, you know, he chewed me out for it. He's like, hey, man, you know, there's people behind you. You can't just lose your head and go walking in front of a, a firing line you know what i mean so uh that's always stuck with me so every time i go hunting uh, i'm always worried you know direction of fire but like i said the level of professionalism there it's it's astounding well let's talk real quick let's get the driver's perspective okay <laughs> all right the driver's perspective because that's the real story i might that's have to put the mic on jonathan so he can <laughs> we can get the photographer's perspective <laughs> so what was really happening is we had come off of another, we, we just gotten started we just left the house and we got out, we going off to look at some feeders and kind of where some animals had been. And then we, we, Tanner was showing Jonathan a video on his phone. It's kind of like the old adage, right? If you're going to go out and you're going to go, you don't take your gun. If you don't take your gun, you're going to see a pig. Like that's the, the guaranteed thing. If you don't take your gun, you're going to see an animal. Kind of the same thing. We've kind of figured this out. If yeah, you're in the yeah. buggy, as soon as Tanner pulls out his phone and he's showing Jonathan a video, lo and behold, <laughs> there's some right sandbar there. right in front we, of him. We've been at it. back, right? Yeah. He saw that. Yeah, we doubled back. We doubled back to five, not even five minutes. I was like, God, 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 God. I was pounding on these guys. It's like there's a sandbar right there. And then Tanner and, and, Z, and Alfonso jump out and just on my bad jump out of their jump out of their side and then Marshall and and mm. Ola who is also in the buggy jump out of their side and they're both ready to go and I shuffle them back in and we pull up and the rest of the story is pretty true but just you know that's the driver's always always pay yeah. always pay attention but yeah. third party yeah. yeah but I mean to, to y'all's point I mean like there's a difference uh, you know, in my opinion, when we're talking about this mentor hunting program between between mentors and guides. I and was just going to ask that question. Yeah. I was just going to jump in before you came in with the driver's perspective because you've been a guide. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from your perspective. What's the difference between guiding and mentoring? Um, I th think it's, it's, it's the level of um, or the... Um, uh, the absence of bravado is the absence of assuming that the person knows what they're doing because a lot of times when you're guiding someone shows up and they're like oh I know what I'm doing I got the big gun and all the things I know how to shoot and you're like you assume that they know how here it's like a very open like environment it's like there's no dumb questions you know um, there you know it, it, you should feel like you're very safe and like you know um, that we've got you taken care of you know um, and, and be open with us too. You're like, what's your level of experience? And, and, and guiding is not the same thing. It's like, that's the biggest buck. We're going to put you on the biggest whatever. Shoot it now. And you're like, maybe I'm not that experienced of a hunter. I can't shoot that far. I can't shoot that quick or whatever. But like, we, we want to put you in a, a position of success, you know. And 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 I, th I think that's kind of the difference between like mentoring and guiding. I mean, there's you know, there's a, a lot of good guides out there and, and, and I encourage everybody that's inexperienced to go with a, with a guide. Um, but at the same time, I, I think what we try to create here is, is a very open and, and um, uh, a lot of dialogue between the hunter and, and the mentor. And more and, responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's more responsibility. And, you know, it's not just about the, the taking of the animal. It's, uh, you know, looking at the birds and then talking about the vegetation and talking about what hunting does for conservation and, and all those things. But, but you're not here. None of these mentors are here for a paycheck. Yeah. They're not here for a tip. Mm -hmm. They're here because they care about the outdoors. Mm -hmm. They want to share their knowledge with, you know, and Tanner can go back and guide and make money doing this. Yeah. But I guarantee you, he would still be here mentoring. 
Yeah. It's I was supposed different. to be guide no guy hunters this weekend on yeah. the Kennedy Ranch. My bad. But My bad. I gave it up to this. But, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, he's not, he, he cares so much about the wild things and wild places of Texas that he wants to share that knowledge with somebody else. Yeah, I, I feel like um, the, the role of a mentor versus a guide is like, I'll leave here having learned something, you know, where if it was just a guide, I got a deer. Yeah, you, you got know, the big rack, you yes. got the meat. They clean you know, it for yeah. you. Well, so yes. let, me, let me ask you, I mean, I, I think anytime you go out in the field, you learn something new, right? So what did you learn from Tanner? So I watched him uh, break down uh, sandbar deer, uh, which um, Sorry. I've watched YouTube videos before. You know, I mean, most of us who want, want to get into hunting or, I mean, anything, you know, you, you start off on the Internet. You know, you watch some YouTube videos and you're an expert, you know. And without that hands-on experience, I don't think you'll ever get comfortable doing it. Not that I would go out and, you know, not seek any type of assistance if I ever went out hunting again to go ahead and um, you know fully harvest the deer but the fact that he took his time to show me hey look this is where you need to cut um, this will make this easier uh, in, in a situation I would prefer it to be done this way it was really safe um, you know he had the proper tools um, that was probably the the biggest thing for me is like it's I don't want to say it's easy to go ahead and you know uh, shoot a deer uh, but the hard part is you know not wasting any of the meat, which is a sad thing for you to go ahead and go take this beautiful creature's life and not use it for what it's for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So to harvest it fully, hey, you want to go ahead and you know allow the meat to cool. You you want to uh, get an ethical kill so the adrenaline doesn't spoil the meat. And the other thing is, it can be prepared afterwards. I think a lot of people have an aversion to hunting because they don't like to taste the wild game. I've had so much wild game here that the <laughs> only reason I know it's wild game is because someone told me it was wild game. I couldn't tell the difference between a breakfast taco I had this morning made with like um, boar chorizo and boar bacon than I would have got from like, you know, uh, Trudy's or something like that. So <laughs> I'm excited about going ahead and trying these different recipes that I've gotten. Um, uh, and that's all part of the learning experience. And I don't think you'd get that from a guy. Yeah. We, I mean, we create this little micro community here. I mean, you know, Tanner as a mentor, he's still, he learns from the other mentors. Mm -hmm. You as a mentee, not just learn from Tanner, but from the other mentors that are Curtis, out here. Curtis, I learned a lot from yeah. Curtis. I mean, yeah, I've learned about cooking yeah. liver this weekend. Yes. I mean, you know, that's something I generally, and most hunters traditionally throw away. And I'm like, hey, that's good stuff. You know, let's, how do you cook that? And I've learned that this weekend. And, and Tanner, I want to ask you, what did you learn from Alfonso? Yeah, uh, man, you know, just, uh, his level he's got of passion. A nice gun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, he's a, he's a you know, uh, he's definitely like um, like a gearhead. You know, he's like look at all you know, I got all the gear. You know, and and you know, it's uh, don't ever take anything for like granted for like what you know. You know, you know, he's like a good shot, but it's like he's got military experience. But like, you know, uh, walking through the whole process with someone, I think means a lot. You know, it's you know, I you know, he knows how to shoot a gun. You know, he knows stressful situations, all those things, but. You know, walking through the whole process together, you know, and, 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 you know, I know you've killed a couple things before, but I mean, walking that whole process through, you know, and from, you know, and, and this is kind of where I see the value of stewards and, and, and what I took for granted growing up. It's like, well, I, I understand the whole process, you know, from beginning in where you go to hunt, how you hunt, how you shoot it, what you shoot it with, how you, um, 
you cut it up and like all those things like it's just second nature to me but you know walking him through the whole process together you know he's done the shooting part he's he's killed some animals you know but like you know putting those pieces together and in, in, in a linear form to where he can be confident in taking you know his his one of many guns um, and and to a piece of land that he knows with a friend and then being able to take that animal um, uh, uh, respectfully and and um, ethically and then being able to cut it up and process it however he wants to I think I, I mean that's that's everything to me and so to, to pass that on to someone else and then then you know I'm sure he has friends that he's gonna pass that on to and, and I think that's really where we grow hunting you know in 2020 and beyond you know it's not just dad to son and son to grandson it's 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 friend to friend you know and and, and I think a lot of these you know hunters you know I'm a white guy I've I've never I've never been in a hunting camp with an African American man and, and and I think that's so cool you know and I think you have like a, a you had such a different perspective on everything and, and some of the other guys in camp I'm like when they were talking about you know the North American Game Act of whatever night 18 model, yeah. well you know, Teddy Roosevelt in the 1850s and I'm like was that in the 1850s to the African American community was that very important to them um, I'd never really thought about that. I, I, I feel like the community was more like, I would rather be able to vote. I want more rights. Uh, forget this Jim Crow stuff. Like, I, that just made that last night my wheels were just spinning, you know. And, and we, we tell this narrative, um, uh, you know, oh, well, Teddy Roosevelt did all this great stuff and put all this land aside and we've recruited all these hunters. But I'm like, yeah, they all look like me. And, and I've never shared, or shared a camp with someone like you. And to see you with the same enthusiasm and the same drive and everything, I think it's amazing. You know, I think it's fun. And um, y'all, you know, definitely underrepresented, but you have all the skills and you have everything you need to, to be successful at it. And if you're passionate about it, do it, you know. Wow. Um, I was actually thinking about that very question when you brought it. I'm, I've got tears in my eyes. I was thinking about that very question when you brought that up because we were talking about in the other podcast of being in a comfortable place and being with people that look like us, right? So for you to bring that up, and you know, especially with the conversations that are going on in this world now, right? And, and in our country now. And so, um, appreciate you bringing that up. Appreciate those comments. I mean, there's, you know, the outdoor community, for the most part, looks like me and Tanner. You look at publications, you look at magazines, it looks like us. You know, and for me, like that, I, mean, I, I took that for granted. I mean, not for granted, it just, it was just, it's how it was. You know, and I attended some conferences, you know, in Wyoming, and some of that stuff was a kick in the, kick in the groin for me, right? Like, there's a lot of stuff that n needs to be addressed in the outdoor community. And for me, Stewards is, a, uh, Stewards is an amazing, amazing program, and it's an amazing platform in Texas. And uh, for me, personally, my motivation I want to see more people like Alfonso out on these things. Stewards is volunteer driven and for me I have the opportunity to bring people like Alfonso out to the to these opportunities because I want Alfonso to come out and mentor. Mm -hmm. I want him to tell his friends, hey check out Stewards. Let's go to a happy hour in Austin. Yeah. Let's join. I mean, they, they're part of Outdoor Afro, yeah. right? They're, they're part of these, wow. it's an amazing organization yeah. and, and across Matt, the country. And Matt, I said that as we went around the room and I mentioned this in the other deal that we you know did, I said I was thankful for the diversity in the room. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
because I've never been in, in a more diverse camp in my entire life, and I've been doing this since I was three years old, you know. And, and yeah. I've been involved in this, as I said before, for 30 years now in conservation in Texas and the discussions that we've had about diversity. And, you know, when I walked through the doors at Parks and Wildlife in 1990, there, there was not many brown women, professional women, you know, in the ranks. Um, and, and you look at the ranks of Parks and Wildlife now, whether it's the game wardens or the wildlife biologists, and there are more women and there are more minorities. But it's really um, affirming to walk into a place like this. And it, it makes me really proud to be part of Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation that has helped make this happen. Well, we want, I mean, and it's not just, but it's businesses. I mean, businesses. It is, it is, bu it's no, a business I mean, imperative, us. too. Yeah, right? you're right. I mean, right. like, you know, we can make a decision to do these things, but businesses need to make a decision to represent everybody in the outdoors. They need to put them in the magazines. They need to advertise to them. It's not just us. We're not the only ones with discretionary income and discretionary time. You know, we want to include everybody in the outdoors. I mean, everybody is voting with, with, their, with paper and pen, and everyone's voting with their dollars. And to just focus on people like Tanner and I, like, we want to include everybody. And that, that's what I want to see happen in the outdoors moving forward. I mean, I just think it's an, an impactful thing and what we should be all in the outdoors striving to see. Any closing thoughts? Well, I, I just want um, people to understand what it's like to walk into an establishment and not see someone that looks like you. Um, there's a good chance you're just going to turn turn around and walk right out. You know, you may never experience, you know, that cup of coffee, you know, um, that uh, hand-sewn pillow or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, that might seem like something trivial to some people, but it means a lot when it happens at so many places. You know what I mean? You just don't feel feel welcome. And for someone who spends like an exorbitant amount of money on firearms and you feel like they're not catering to you. You know what I mean? Like there's this whole demographic um, that you guys seem to ignore. And here I am, uh, you know, spending my hard earned money on ammunition, firearms. I was saying I buy a, a super combo every year, every year. And there's a, a lot of times I don't use it. I don't take it. I've, I've gotten one deer tag um, since I've been in the state of Texas and I've almost always had a, a, a license. And sometimes it's just, you just don't know where to go. If you find some place you're not comfortable asking and this program makes it real easy to ask and say, hey, look, if I wanted to get started in hunting, where do I go from here? Okay, you have an idea where I should go. Well, can you show me? You know, don't just point. Walk me over there. That's what I want. Don't point. Walk me over there. Engage me. That's what we're trying to do. I mean, I, you know, I, I you, just, the it, guys have done an yeah. awesome job. Of well, doing and, that. On, but, on a small scale right yeah, now. Yeah, on but, a small but, scale right now. But really, like, I'm saying this from a different perspective. Kudos to you for stepping up and coming out with, again, mm -hmm. a bunch of white dudes and yeah. saying, look, like and one brown girl yeah and one brown girl <laughs> and you know but, I mean, but but kudos to you saying look i'm gonna i'm gonna try this and and feel it but I, again i want more representation on these hunts and i want people to feel comfortable out here i want this to be a safe space and i want this to be you know welcoming for everybody i mean this is again this is what i'm passionate about and i, I want to see more people out here 
Well, you you guys have certainly made a, a safe space, and I have absolutely no uh, issue like recommending this. My brother, once again, is going to come out yep. next month, and I have a bunch of friends that I'm going to go ahead and speak to regarding this and see if we can't, you know, make this uh, a more regular thing yep. and get a bunch more people involved. There's a couple groups we belong to uh, that's geared toward African Americans, and I think they could really benefit from a program like this. Well, I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you guys for the conversation. Thanks for being here this weekend. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Brought to you by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, We Will Not Be Tamed calls us all to appreciate the wildness of Texas, the vastness of our Texas spirit, and why we should be inspired to conserve it. Find out more at wewillnotbetamed.org.